Hi, people. Welcome to the God's Not podcast. And I am Alex. I'm here with my beautiful wife, Jenny. And today we're just going to go down memory lane and I guess discuss our journey to ministry. So we're going to let you know how we got saved, when we got saved and how we got to this point where we are today. So we are currently leading a great and awesome ministry called Alive City Church. And we have been doing that for the last eight months now. So it is quite a fresh church um, and God's doing great things in the ministry. But we thought, like I said, we'll take you down memory lane and let you know how things started. So let's go all the way back, probably about 16 years ago, Jen, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, six, mm-hmm. yeah about 16 years ago. Tell us how you got saved. Well, so I grew up in a Christian home. Um, my mum became a Christian when she was pregnant with me. So, you know, I've been in Sunday school all my life, know all the Bible stories. And as far as I was concerned, was a Christian. But when I was 16 years old, um, the Easter before my public examination, so for those that don't live in London or England, um, my GCSEs, those are like our public exams, um, a friend of mine invited me to a, a youth conference and the theme was called awareness. And I was thinking, I'm, I'm quite a study bug. And I was like, I don't have time to be going to conferences. I need to study. I need to revise. My good friend Elena was like, no, Jenny, let's go. It's going to be good. Just come for one day. It's two days, but you can only come for one or it might have been three days. So I went there and I remember going there. And for the first time I saw young people praising, worshipping, preaching, teaching, lifting up their hands and not looking around. Like I never had seen authentic young people praise and worship God and know the Bible. And for the first time, the Bible became alive. I remember there was a young lady, she was preaching on Romans 12 too. And I remember as she was preaching, like, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It was like the pa- the words of the page were coming out to me. I never heard the Bible like that. And it's obviously the same Bible that I'd been seeing and hearing, but the words were like alive. And I thought, no, I don't know God. Like I know about my mum's God, my dad's God, my church's God, but I, I mm. definitely don't know God for myself. And I decided then I was going to give my life to Jesus. And um, my life drastically changed. Like I was one of those those believers that got saved and had a very drastic change in terms of you know, my circles, what I liked, what I didn't like, what I was prepared to give up. Um, and I think that was because of the call I think God had on my life at that mm. stage. There were things that I needed to do. Um, and so because of that, I think my change was quite drastic. I was willing to drop things so quickly. Um, and I think probably that was the beginning of my ministry. But I didn't yeah. see it as that then. I just thought, I'm a Christian now. I love Jesus. And, and I, know I want to share him with the world. But God... I think he anointed me at that time. And I remember starting a revival in my school, like a couple of months being a Christian, proper Christian, yeah. and a revival starting in my, my boarding school. I went to a boarding school. Um, we had, I, we, I started a group called um, The Big Fish and we had Big church. Fish, yeah, that. we had church midweek. We had church on Sunday. I was bringing people down from London to the school. Wow. People were getting saved. People that I didn't even know in the school that were like, it was, it was phenomenal. Um, and I knew that I didn't know where that would lead per se yeah. being a, a a pastor of a church, but I knew that I was called to ministry. Interesting. So Jen, let me ask you, did you lose any th- friends 
at that stage and how did your family respond how did your friends mm. respond yeah that's that's actually a really good question because i remember um i got saved in the easter holidays and as i said i went to boarding school and so when um i went back to school i remember i'd stopped listening to secular music because that was the decision i loved if you guys knew me before i got saved i love my music i love to dance like i used to talent show Everyone knows that me, I have a group of girls I'm a featuring. Like, I loved that music. I used to watch music channels like it was a TV show. Like, I could watch The Box literally from what, morning till night. You know, waiting to see, you know, when you, you're waiting to see the latest video. So yeah. you could be like, oh, have yeah. you seen, have you seen, <laughs> <laughs> have you seen so so day on but, cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, have you seen the latest video? Of, you just watch it just to catch that new video that no one has seen. That's the kind of person that I was. I loved raves. Oh my gosh, I loved Under 21 Raves. Wait, let's hold it right there. Jen, tell us about your house parties. Oh yeah, That'll give us a better idea. Yeah, yeah. and (laughs) so my birthday's in December, squished between Christmas and New Year's, New Year's. And I was adamant growing up that I would never miss a birthday party. So I was the one that would have birthday parties. All my siblings, I made sure that you won't forget my birthday. (laughs) Even if it is... You know, between Christmas and New Year, four days after Christmas, I will have a party. So I used to love parties. Like, my, my siblings will tell you, if anyone had a party, it was me. Um, and I had wild house parties. Wild. Yeah, Alex has been to those. With a, a capital <laughs> W. I used, I used to live in Peckham and have wild house parties. I loved that. T- that was me. Like, I love music and I love dancing. When I got saved, though, I saw a message um, called The Truth Behind Hip Hop. You either love it or whatever, whatever. But for me, it ministered to me in a way that showed me the truth behind the spirit of music. Yeah. And that spoke to me deep. And I think God wanted me to let go of that. Yeah. And so I remember getting rid of all my CDs. So I remember going back to school um, and just telling people about like, oh my gosh, I gave my life to Jesus. Not even, actually, I didn't, I wasn't even that like, I gave my life to Jesus. People were coming to me and be like, Jenny, something's different about you. I'm not even joking. People who weren't even Christians. I remember we used to go back to school on a Sunday evening. I remember that Sunday evening, someone being like, Jenny, something is different. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know. I gave my life to G. I became a Christian. Like, I don't know what you see different about me. And I used to hang around with the year above a lot. And I remember they all came to my boarding house. I I can't remember if it was that Sunday or like that week. And we're talking about Easter. And I was just like, yeah. Like I was talking about, you know, just, Jesus and like you know living for God and like him being part of everything and I remember them being like hey hey Jenny like Mm. you can't have Jesus in everything like you have your Christian life I remember my (laughs) friends who go to church they're like you have your Christian life and then you have your like other life like stop why are you becoming dramatic we all go church here like why where where are you going with this like Jesus thing don't and I remember being like I genuinely felt sad for my friends Mm. because I was where they were I was that person who would have been like, what are you talking about? Why are you trying to bring Jesus into everything? My sister Tracy got saved before me a couple of months. And I remember like, um, it was Ghana Independence Day. And I was like, she she was at uni at the time. Her first year of uni was like, Tracy, we're going to Ghana Independence Day. And she was like, Jenny, you know, like I'm a Christian. I was like, Tracy, we're all Christians. (laughs) We all go to church. What do you mean? And I remember I convinced her to go. And at that moment, I was on that side where I had seen the truth and that deception that the devil you know, uses for people who are brought up in the church where we think that yeah. we are saved. Yeah. And sometimes we're the hardest people to reach. 
And I remember feeling that lament over my friends and them thinking that I was like a weird person trying to be, you know, Jesus, Jesus lover. When they're like, we're Jesus lovers too, but we're not going around saying we don't, we're not listening to music. Mm. And um, shortly after me starting Big Fish, um, I remember all of them came, like the first meeting, they came to support me. And I remember there were people from all, I was in year 11, from year seven to year 13 came to the first meeting. And I remember people gave their like, I preached a message. I don't even know how I was able to preach. I've never preached in my life. Wow. Um, and I preached a message and literally everyone in the room like gave their life to Christ. The same friends that were like, Jenny, where are you going? They now became saved. And literally a revival was starting in my school. Wow. And it was crazy. That is actually amazing. And, and it was in those moments that I was such a, um, an amateur. I didn't know anything about preaching. I didn't know anything about praying for people. I didn't know anything about raising... But everything came naturally. Yeah. There was like a, a hand upon me yeah. that I couldn't explain. Yeah. But at the same time, I was very like hungry for the word. Like I would find myself in break time reading the word, lunchtime reading the word. I was, uh, there was I don't know, there was like a call yeah. to, to accelerate my growth. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. let me ask you a question. What was your church's response to this brand new Jenny, Jenny. <laughs> um I remember actually calling my bishop uh, my then bishop at the time when I was at school and telling him like bishop I don't know what's happening to me but I'm like preaching and like I have the word I can recite scripture and when I was reading the bible it was like someone was speaking to me mm. so I could remember what it was saying not because I was wow. me- memorizing but wow. when I would read I could it was like someone was talking to me yeah and um I was you know I remember speaking, calling him and telling him and he was like, wow. Like, I think it was like, wow. Where did you get all those scriptures from? When I was telling him the word yeah. that I preached, he was like, how did you know all those scriptures? I was like, I don't know, Bishop. You know, back in the day, it's not like you had Google, that you could Google um, scriptures on obedience and scriptures because I was in year 11. So that yeah. was like 15 years ago. I didn't have a laptop. I didn't have anything. But it was like the Holy Spirit was guiding me yeah. to, to, to these scriptures and messages. So I think he was like kind of shocked. Mm. Um, and I remember when I was going back home for church and things, I would write extensive notes and my, my bishop was like, wow, like <laughs> you're really writing. I, I remember <laughs> once my notes were like on the pulpit or something or somewhere and he saw them and he was like, whose notes are these? And I'm like, mine. He was like, you've written word for word what I preached. And I was like, <laughs> and so I think they just thought that, oh my gosh, this girl is very enthusiastic. And of course, what do you do with an enthusiastic youth? You make them youth leaders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, that's so, the smartest thing to do. So um, I became, that's, that's, that's how my journey to ministry started. And I became a youth leader yeah. um, because they could see that I had a fire. Yeah. Um, so that's when we started doing, you know, holy, what, what do we call them? Youth crusades. Youth crusades. Annual yeah. youth crusades. Um, or conventions. Some, yes, youth, youth conventions, <laughs> summer youth convention. And I'll connect with other youth ministries, invite people. But generally they were supportive of, yeah. of that. That's awesome. So Alex, what about you? What was your your journey to Christ like? Wow, very interesting. Well, I guess it all started with the person who's right in front of me. (laughs) I'm not going to take the glory. All glory to God. I was talking about Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Joking. I'm playing, I'm playing. No, all honesty now. Um, Yeah, so I guess I came to Christ through Jenny. Um, It was one day I received a call. I'll break it down. I don't want to make it too long. I received a call while I was at home. And here was this sweet voice on the phone. I thought it was an angel, actually. Did you? Yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, 
And, you know, you you wanted to buy my car because you heard that I was selling it. Yeah. Um, and I, I believe you heard through um, Michelle, Michelle, yeah. Michelle Hagen. Big up, Michelle. Um, and who told my mum, I can't remember the conversation, but my mum and Michelle Hagen were involved yeah. in the process. Um, so I always have to give them honour. Um, and you said that you wanted to buy my car. And I said, yeah, that's fine. You can come down and look at it the next day or so. I think it was like the next day. Yeah. Um, can I just say, yeah, when I called you, uh, this is a bit side note, but when I called you to to have a look, not to buy your car, but to come and see your car to assess whether I wanted to buy it, mm-hmm. um, I remember calling you and thinking, wow, like your voice. I don't know, there was something about your voice. I wasn't saying I, I thought it was going to lead to anywhere, but mm. I just remember calling you, thinking that like, he's got a really unique voice and for those that don't know us we actually have known each other for a really long time yeah so our mums went to school together back in ghana when they were in secondary school yeah so you know being in this country being kind of like family friends we know we're of each other like you know we used to go to the same church when we were much younger like three and four um so I'm so I've known Alex all my life, but not necessarily grown up with him, but yeah. just known of him. So the, it was more of a high and a buy. Yeah, and yeah. so when I called you to come and see your car, I hadn't seen you for years. Yeah, yeah. Or spoken to you, yeah. but I remember speaking to you and thinking there's something special about your voice. And now, oh. no, but honestly, but I've told you that before. I've, I, I yeah, mean, I'm 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 just saying ah, oh, just for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, honestly, I, I did think there was something like a unique tone of your voice. But little did we know that that tone would be because God has given you a voice yeah. for the nations, a yeah. voice that people can listen to and oh, like God. listening to. Yeah. But I remember you thinking that when I called you to look um, to come and see your car. But anyway, so I came to see you the next day. The next also. day, yes. And um, we met up and I showed you the car. But I didn't tell you that the car had problems i mean you know it literally i was thinking you take this off me today you probably call me back in like two weeks and say but, what, but what that, have you sold that, that gives you some insight into the kind of guy alex yeah. was like, I was, alex I was, was a, a hustler yeah i was i was, I was a jacob um, yeah a bit of a trickster yeah. <laughs> um so yeah I, I i knew that the car wasn't legit in terms of like you know yeah yeah running smoothly and um, when you came and you said you wanted to, you know, have a look at it, I thought it was fine. But then we got talking. Yeah. Um, and you were speaking to me about church. Yeah. And I was, so if you remember, I was a little evangelist there, yeah, firecracker. Yeah, yeah. So obviously I want to minister. Sure, she was taking the opportunity to <laughs> minister, minister and evangelise Jesus to me. Um, yeah. So I was, I, was, I, was taking, I was taking in the conversation I was quite intrigued, to be fair, because I thought, here's a young person who's speaking about Jesus. I, I mean, I've grown up in a church, like Jenny said, you know, in a Pentecostal church. But then I stepped away and I went to the Catholic church for quite a while. Mm. Um, and I served as an altar boy there as well. Uh, but I never really felt a connection. I felt like I was just going in and just yeah. dipping my hand in holy water, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then just leave. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel any relationship at all. Mm. So here's, you know, this young, vibrant, fiery evangelist who's standing in front of me telling me about Jesus. But she's having a conversation. So you weren't preaching at me. Mm. You were just having a conversation with me, which yeah. was really good. Because if you had preached at me, I probably would have shut down. Yeah. Um, but the fact we were having a conversation, I was more open. And then you invited me to... 
your a youth, youth crusade. Day. Yeah, yeah, youth crusade. And I was like, youth crusade. I've never heard of a youth crusade. I was like, what's that? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, there's gonna be rapping. There's gonna be um, um, drama. Drama. <laughs> there's gonna be music. Everything. Food. I thought, well, this is interesting. But then I tried to still shy away from it. I was like, oh, well, I'm working. I don't think I'll be able to come. You're like, no, don't worry. Just come straight after work. And I was like, well, I'm probably going to miss most of that stuff. And you're like, no, just don't worry. Come. So um, it was the next day I decided that, okay, I'll come. But if I'm going to go, I'm going to go with my brother and two of my other friends as well. Yeah. Um, and we'll, just, we'll go, go together. And let me just honour my word and just turn up. Yeah. Uh, and as I turned up there, I missed all that drama, music and all that fun stuff she was saying. And I encountered, I guess, the most important part, which was the word of God. Um, and here was um, a preacher, Reverend Eugene, who was preaching that, that day. Um, and it was a fiery word. And there I'm sitting thinking, whoa, this word is, is burning me. I mean, I didn't come here to, you know, <laughs> feel heat like this. <laughs> yeah. I came here for the music and the rapping, but yeah. not this. And I was moved um, by the word and I, I decided to give my life to Christ. I went to the altar, I gave, my, I gave my life to Christ, along with my brother and my two other friends as well. I guess they moved because I moved. <laughs> yeah. But my, my brothers, you know, he's saved now as well and loves Jesus just as much as I do. Our worship leader. Yeah, he's our worship leader of our church. Um, and I guess from there, I, I started growing. I mean... I guess the next day I was like, Jen, you need to help me start reading the Bible. I don't know where to start. So I would ask her a lot of questions yeah. and we would spend hours on the phone just speaking about the Bible. But I just wanted to learn more. Yeah. Here I was, um, I have given my life to Christ. I surrendered, but then I needed someone to guide just me. To disciple yeah, you. And disciple, that's the word, disciple me. Um, and, and Jenny was that person. Yeah. Little did I know... <laughs> yeah that would be husband or wife exactly. later. but yeah, yeah I think that's an important point to make because someone could be hearing us or see us um you know on our socials or know us and be like oh yeah pastors um but your journey when I think about it you didn't even know where certain books were in the bible I didn't know you couldn't have navigated the bible without the contents page I didn't know how to pray you didn't know how to pray. like you literally were a novice in like you weren't even thinking about ministry no I wasn't and I didn't know how to lead worship or even to preach. <laughs> or to preach. And, and I think what's important, though, is that there was an important change in your life yeah. where if you had known Alex before he was saved, he was someone who was probably an introvert, not yeah, someone who yeah. would want to be on stage or talk public speaking. No way. Ne never. Yeah. Like, even speaking to a somebody who just came in the room like hi he'll probably just be like nod yeah. like he's not going to give you any words no. like a man of very few words very reserved an introvert um and so probably the last thing that his mum or his dad ever expected was him to end up or you know for him to be a pastor and it's yeah. amazing what god does is. is that when you become saved you actually align yourself with destiny it's the same yeah. with like your brother lemwell he's a yeah. worship leader yeah before he became you know, a Christian, he couldn't even play the drums. No. He couldn't play the keyboard. No. He couldn't play the guitar. No. He probably knew he had a voice, but he probably never sang in public. But when you give your life to Jesus, yeah. what you think is your destiny, like God can turn it, upside, can down. Turn it upside down. Like when you encounter him, and I think that is an important point to make is that did we enter the Christ game, like come on this journey because we thought we'll be pastors? No. 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 <laughs> um that was the last thing that probably yeah. we thought. And I think 
in my case, I could tell that my change was so dramatic and drastic. I knew that there was something about what God had put in me. Yeah. That I'd probably be on a stage of some sort for the gospel. Yeah. But did I think it was going to be leading a church? No way. And I think it's amazing that when you let go to what God wants to do, like what you never imagined could happen in your life and be open to that. So Alex, what about you? What did people make of your salvation or you giving your life to Jesus? Did people think it was authentic? To be honest, no, they didn't. Um, When I look at my friends, they, I guess they were annoyed that I wasn't spending as much time with them um, than I was with you. Yeah. And they were thinking, you know, what's this, this whole church thing? You're just going to church because of Jenny. You're just going there because of Jenny. And that kind of hurt me because I was only, I was truly going to church because I wanted to grow. Yeah. But I guess from the outside, it looked like I was going because of you. Because obviously I, this, this was pretty much alien to me yeah. before I met you. Mm. Um, and I think it's important to also just share that you were actually like a guy's guy. Like you had your guy friends. Exactly. You had exactly. your friends that you hung out with, you yeah. played games with, you and watched sun- football with. And Sunday was, you know, super Sunday. We were there watching the premiership football from one to about, you know, 6 p.m. And here I was now at saying... At your house usually. At my house usually, yeah. That, that was the crib. Um, and now I'm here saying to them oh no, sorry, we can't do that anymore. I've got to go to church. They were just thinking, what are you, what are you on? They, yeah. I, it was like I was speaking another language to them. Mm. Um, so then obviously they silently got frustrated and we drifted apart, but I felt that was healthy yeah. for the time, for me anyway. Yeah. Um, and obviously later on, you know, we, we've been able to stay in contact and, yeah. and I can now influence them more because yeah. I've grown in my faith. Whereas before that would have never happened. Yeah. And um, they would have kept me back or not caused me to grow at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, not to their own fault. Yeah. And what did um, people at church think, do you think? That's interesting. Yeah, the church one. Yes. Let's go deeper. <laughs> um, I used to hear things like, oh, Alex is only here because of Jenny. So it was sad because I was hearing it from my friends. Yeah. And I was hearing it from um, people in the church Mm. that I'm only in church because of Jenny. And they were just saying, oh, when she goes to uni, watch, she's not going to come back anymore. He's not going to be doing things anymore. He's only here because of her. And boy, were they wrong because, you know, you went to uni and you came back and I'm still going to church. Yeah. Um, I am part of the church. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm I'm leading the church. So they they were definitely wrong. And I didn't allow their negative mm. thinking and comments mm. impact my life. Because at the end of the day, this was a personal relationship between me and Jesus. Yeah. And I wasn't going to allow any other voice mm. to try and come in between that relationship. Yeah. And I think actually that's a really important point that although our, your journey of coming to Christ started because I in, invited you to church. Yeah. And some could say, like, I, I brought you along that journey. But actually, our growth was very individual. Although yeah. together, like, um, when I went to uni, you still went to church. You still went yeah. to prayer. You still yeah. went to Bible study. You still had your own personal That's relationship right. with God and served in the church because you wanted to. Yeah. Not because I was there to force you to. Yeah. Um, and likewise, I was still growing in as an individual. And so although we were growing together because of our friendship and because we were helping one another and encouraging one another but still we had individual growth paths which enabled us to grow and your growth became 
exponential such that, yeah. you know, it was, I could see you as my leader. Mm. I could see you as my leader. And that's what God can do. It's not about when you become saved or that's when you right. give your life to Jesus, that's then right. you're X amount, you know, you're X however years old in the, yeah. in, in the faith. And so this person is older than you because they, you know, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, God can cause people to grow. And even now, when I think, you know, we're pastors of a church, we pass the people that may be in age older than us yeah. or even have been in the faith longer than us. Yeah. But there's a maturity that God has put in us exactly. that allows them to say, okay, these people will be my pastors. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And, and I just wanted to just encourage someone as well who's listening that, you know, if you're in a relationship and you've, you're going through that similar experience that, that, that I did or what, that I went through yeah. um, and people are doubting the authenticity yeah. of your relationship yeah. with, with Christ, don't, don't listen to any outside voice. Keep your focus on him. Hebrews 12 um, 2 says, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Let's not be distracted. Um, and at the end of the day, I feel that that's what the enemy does. He, he brings in, he uses people to distract us. They don't know they're being used, but it's a distraction to throw you off course. And what will happen is you get angry and say, look, you know, I'm trying and all these people are doubting me. I'm going to forget about this anyway. Yeah. It wasn't about them at the beginning and it's not about them in the middle and it won't be about them at the end. Mm. So keep your focus on Jesus. Yeah, that's good. So our journey, of course, like our friendship developed. Yeah. Um, so where we went from like, you know, talking every day, talking about the word every day. And then things became like, you know, I kind of like you. And just to say, I told Alex I liked him first. I was thinking it first. No, but yeah, okay. He says he was thinking about it first. But I remember I told him that I kind of like you, you know, and he was just like, he didn't, I don't think he even said anything. I think, I don't know if it was shock or if he, he wasn't quite there yet. Um, but I told him that I liked him first. And our friendship developed from being just, yeah, just friends, brother and sister in Christ to a deeper friendship where yeah. we felt that we wanted to be in a relationship and pursue something such as marriage. Yeah. Um, and I guess seven years later, we got married. Um, but even being married, um, did we think at that point that we were going to be pastors? No, no. I, I, we didn't have any desire at all. I think, and I just, I just got this revelation just now. I think we found, or I know we found our purpose while serving. Yeah. So because we were serving in church um, on a consistent basis, you know, we were youth leaders. Yeah. Um, we were ushers. We were praise and worship leaders. We were every, anything that the church needed us to do. We were there and we yeah. were doing it. Um, I feel that that led us to where God was taking us yeah. because we were getting that training yeah. over the years. Yeah. How to serve in his house in different areas, in different ministries, um, even serving youth as yeah. well like counseling youth yeah. um mentoring youth so i i feel that we didn't have the end goal in mind god did obviously yeah but we were in the process yeah and i think we both love serving god's house like we yeah. couldn't not serve yeah um but i think it's an important point to make as well in terms of our relationship because i feel like had you not started to grow in god yeah. I don't think I would I would have allowed myself to yeah to fall in love with you because yeah. I knew that wouldn't have been beneficial for the both of us and yeah. I think what is important is how did we stay you know focused on God 
when at first we were at different levels, like I would always, I was already like an evangelist on fire and you had just come into Christ. Yeah. Um, but I think what we did is that we allowed our relationship to be centered around the word. That's right. So when we spoke, we spoke about the Bible. You'd be like, oh, I didn't get this or I got that. Or I'd be like, oh, Alex, come to prayer. You come to prayer. I remember Alex, he first came to a prayer meeting. Ooh, let, let, can I explain this one? Yeah. So I first came to, so obviously I'm growing in the Lord. So. And from a Catholic background. And from a Catholic background. Well, originally from a Pentecostal, but most of my time was in the Catholic church. And Jenny's invited me now to, I've been to the Bible studies. I thought, yeah, you know, I can handle the Bible studies. It's fine. Um, I did think it was a little bit long-winded at the time, but <laughs> I said, okay, it's fine. I'm learning something still. And then she's like, you know, you should come to the prayer meetings. And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Um, I'll give it a go. So I go to the prayer meeting now and um, as soon as I go in, you know, it was, it was okay. It was like, there was a little bit of praying and um, then there was worship. And then we started praying in the spirit. So praying in tongues. Uh, at the time that was alien to me. So I just saw loads of people walking in different directions with their mouths moving really, really fast. And I said, oh my, me and my brother Lev looked at each other like, what is going on? <laughs> and... The first thing was I looked at the door to say, look, I'm about to make an exit right now because I don't know what I've entered into. I'm more happy and comfortable with the Bible study Sunday worship, but this here is another level. Um, and that really threw me off. But then I guess I had questions for Jenny afterwards. Yeah. And that's the good thing about our relationship as well. That, that's what kept it healthy, that we always brought it back to the word of God. And then anything I didn't understand, I didn't pretend that I, I got it. I went to her because um, she had been in the faith longer than I had. Yeah. And I, I said, Jen, explain this to me. I don't understand. Why are these people moving in so many different directions <laughs> and their lips are moving really fast and there's a lot of noise going on in the, in the room? Tell me. <laughs> yeah, but I, and I think it goes even beyond like um, a relationship. I think there's lessons to learn if you are in a relationship with someone where you're not necessarily yet at the same, at the same page in your Christian walk or the, in the same journey. Yeah. And one of you might be more mature or not. But I think that is the important. I think there was no motive for me at that time. There was no motive for you. Yeah. Like my discipleship of you was not because I wanted to get you saved so that you could be my husband. Mm. I genuinely wanted you to know Christ because I was passionate about people knowing God. Yeah, And so there was no hidden agendas around our motivations to getting closer to God. You know, sometimes you can be in a relationship and you want someone to get saved because you want to marry them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's important though. Mm. And I think when you genuinely have the person's interest at heart that, you know, this is a salvation issue. Yeah. Um, then God puts things in place. And I think that was at like the centre and the forefront of our relationship in general was just that you wanted to learn about God and I was there yeah. to be your partner, yeah. to help you grow until we started to know each other better and then it was like, okay. And I think I, I really want to make this point because I think I saw, I knew there was a call upon my life mm. when I got saved. And as I saw how you were growing in God and how you were getting deeper and more mature in the things of God, I could, I, I could now see yeah. you as a husband potential mm. because I could see that, I could, have, I could see the way that you were starting to pray. I could yeah. see the way that you were starting to lead worship. I could see that the way you were starting to preach and I could see that our destinies were aligned and I could see that together we could do awesome things for yeah. God. I could start I could start to see that. But before I could see that I wouldn't allow my mind to think, oh this guy's my, you know, yeah. gonna be my husband because I didn't yeah. think it was oh, right. I thought my motives would change. And I think that's really important when people talk about, oh, can you date someone that's not saved or whatever? Yeah. I think you have to think about your motives as your well motives, yeah. in 
why you want them to grow in God. Yeah. Is it so they can become your husband or is it because you actually just want them to be, you know, yeah. saved? Yeah. And and that's a, that's a key point there, Jen. I feel that, you know, for, for that individual who is with someone who doesn't know the Lord um, and that person is willing to know the Lord and, you know, or maybe at that stage where they've given their life to Christ and, you know, they, they're just at, at the base level and they're growing... I feel that it's important to make the word of God the center of the relationship yeah. um, as much as possible. By doing that, you stop yourself from doing things that will that you later on regret. Yeah. Um, you set the right foundation. Yeah. Um, and and together you can grow in God because yeah. I guess you know for you you met me at the the base level, mm. um, and you you were a few levels ahead of me, so you knew a lot more than me. You were growing um, in a, at a different pace than me. But then it came to a stage where, because we, when you met me, we were growing together. Mm. I not that I caught up, but I I was growing at a pace um, that now we can now encourage each other. Yeah, yeah. We can now we now we can have start having conversations. So it wasn't always oh Jen explained this to me. It was now the um, now the relationships turned into I can encourage you now. Yeah. Like Jen, you're going through this. No, what does the word of God say? Like we can yeah. encourage each other. And that's what you want in your relationship that you want to get to the stage where you can encourage each other. Yeah. Don't be put off that the the person's at the base level. Mm. Don't be put off about that because it's, it's at the end of the day it's God that brings the increase. Yeah. And, and that we need to remember that. And at that appointed time, God will align you together and then it will be encouraging each other. Yeah. And then you grow even further. Yeah. And I just want to also add that I think I got the confirmation of, of that vision that I had that we, could, we were meant to be together when other people started seeing in you the pastor. Yeah. When other people started seeing that this guy's a worship leader. When he leads yeah. worship, something happens. And I don't sing, by the way. Yeah. yeah, but when he leads, <laughs> yeah. the presence of God like is more than 10 singers. But, but when other people started seeing the call upon your life, what I had started seeing, I knew that this is God affirming it. Yeah. Because you were ordained a pastor way before I was ordained a pastor. Yeah. You were you know, put on the stage to preach and teach you know, at a level where you ended up pastoring the youth and kind of being like an assistant pastor in our branch. Yeah. Where you were there, you know, the second in command as the pastor. Yeah. Um, and all of that, I knew as those things unfolded, it did not surprise me because that's how I knew that I was meant to be with you. Yeah. So the fact that other people saw the call upon your life, I mm. knew that we were a purpose-driven couple. I knew that, you know, we were made, a match made in heaven. Yeah. Because I can now um, aid your ministry and yeah. likewise, you could aid mine. Exactly. And I think... Um, that's also very important is that even as husband and wife you are in each other's lives to propel each other towards their destiny and purpose yeah and so even when i think about how far we've come and now that we've started at a life city church it's not a it, it's not a surprise now when i think yeah. back in hindsight but had you told me at the beginning of our story by the way guys you know <laughs> eight years into marriage seven years into marriage you guys are going to start a ministry i would have been like are you sure like yeah, yeah. how how, yeah. how can we be pastors of a church yeah um but god has worked it out yeah and he has um we are ministry still in the making like yeah. we are still yeah we're not we're not you know finished products we're not no. but it's amazing and it's a beautiful sight to see how someone can go from no knowledge in christ like you know not being, not being, you know, 
fashioned and shaped by the church in your in your adolescence yeah, yeah. and coming to christ at 18 and now you're a pastor yeah like you know a, a hustler from brixton yeah he was just trying to get the quick buck yeah but now God has transformed him into a seasoned vessel of this time, of this generation. Yeah. Um, and that's what God can do, like, if you say yes to him. Exactly. And you hit it right on the head, Jen. If you say yes to him, that's what he can do. Um, and what, what's amazing, Jen, is when you got saved, that call upon your life was there. Mm. It was just lying dormant. Mm. Um, when I got saved, that call upon my life was there. It was just lying dormant. Yeah. And God, you know... In his, in his awesomeness, brought it into the light yeah. at the appointed time. Yeah. That's why we should never choose a title over a calling. Mm. Because just because you don't have the title doesn't mean you're not called. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't have the title for a long time, Jen, but we were called. Yeah. And that's an encouragement for someone out there. Yeah. Never choose a title over a calling. God has called you. Don't worry about, you know, having a pastor or um, a reverend or a bishop before your name. God has already ordained you yeah. and called you for that assignment. Just be faithful to the call. Yeah. And just leading on from there. Um, so obviously we've started a church now and we feel that we're being faithful to the call. Yeah. So I want us to, in part two, just talk about how we ended up leaving our church and, you know, maybe some tips that we can probably share and some advice about, you know, what it takes to leave your church in a way that is, is, um, is a godly way. Yeah. You see what I mean? So, i.e. how not to leave your church. Let's tell the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so guys, thank you for listening to our story. Um, I I hope we've given you some insight into who we are, where we've come from, and God bless you on your own journey. You are a ministry in the making. God bless you. Bye.